bad dream. Now get out of my bed and go back to sleep. It wasn't a dream. I mean, I was having a bad dream, and then I woke up. The window burst open, crashed like that. And then I looked down, and I saw him. And, 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 oh, you've got to believe me. Ghosts, this is Big Orange Couch, the 90s Nickelodeon podcast where we talk about all things 90s Nickelodeon. My name's Joey. I'm Andrew. And this is Max. And welcome to episode 176. It's Podtober still, and we're talking the tale of the lonely ghost versus the tale of the frozen ghost. Yeah. Man, I've been I've been ready for this one. This is this is uh one I've been kind of thinking about for a couple years couple years wow i think it's just such a perfect matchup i mean yeah, the, the, the episodes have a lot in common i think yeah they really do um and i think there are two pretty well liked um episodes it's not it's not as if like one is you know, one's not more appreciated than the other i think by a lot and uh you know it's yeah it's i think it's the two iconic ghosts from are you afraid of the dark um head to head I mean, I guess you could throw Fire Ghost in there. We could have made this a three-part versus. <laughs> you, think <anybody> would... <laughs> you like Fire um, Ghost, Andrew? The uh, I'm okay with it. I don't love it. Um, but the other episode that I was thinking of while doing this was um, the Red Bicycle. Yeah, yeah. He's he's definitely got a uh, I'm Cold Ghost feel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> glowing white. <laughs> Um, Have you guys ever uh, faced off on an Are You Afraid of the Dark before? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I think it's our I think it's our most common face off. Yeah, it probably is. Um okay. we've done I mean our first one ever was Laughing in the Dark versus Crimson Clown, which was really fun. Okay. Um we've done uh Mystical Mirror versus um Unfinished Painting. Um Vincenzardo. That's oh, right. Yeah. 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 I listened to these ones too. I should have. I should have known. Oh, Full Moon versus Nightly Neighbors. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. These are. Yeah. These are always a lot of fun. Um, and uh, you know, it's easy to get real invested in your episode. Uh, yeah. Um, so I am defending. Uh, the tale of the lonely ghost. And I'm defending. The tale of the frozen ghost. Yeah. And uh, you know. I you know I hope I hope people out there feel kind of invested uh, in one or the other. Um, before we jump into it, I, w- I just want to ask you guys: Do you believe in ghosts? <laughs> uh, I. That's tough. I do, I don't not believe in them. Like I don't know that I uh, I don't have any proof or anything that they exist, but I think something um, is creating some sort of ghostly apparition what that is i don't know Hmm. so maybe not like ghosts like we see in these two episodes i mean it could be for all (laughs) i know but you know maybe it's like some kind of like after image of something that happened or something Hmm. like that Ah, interesting that's a cool thought 
Um, I don't think I do. I don't believe in like lost souls just wandering around. I definitely believe in like, you know, maybe some spiritual stuff, you know, maybe some, some gnarly demons or stuff like that. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm kind of, uh, kind of somewhat, yes, somewhat no. Gnarly demons hmm. is a cool band name. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't know why it's a gnarly demon. <laughs> like, I believe, I think there's some evil spirits out there. That's what I kind of meant to say. Yeah, I think, I, think, I think I'm a pretty hard no on it. Um, hmm. Wow. Yeah, I just, I just don't. I don't know. It just doesn't make any practical sense to me. But I guess the universe doesn't make any practical sense. So I guess it's as likely as anything. But uh, I just don't have that feeling that uh, these hmm. things are there. Now, what if you got locked in a dungeon of a haunted, uh, you know, a known haunted mansion? Would you be spooked at all? Yeah, that's I mean, that's a good question. I think I would, of course, um, even though even though my brain's telling me, like, I don't believe in it. I, it's hard not to get swept up into it. Mm, OK, is that an experience you had, Max? Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> this sounded oddly specific. <laughs> no, I was thinking of, uh, you know, these, you know, it's it's October and you watch these different, you know, movies and shows. There's that ghost adventures show. Mm, what yeah. those of them where they lock themselves in the, uh, you know, scary places. Yeah. yeah. Where, yeah, I think, you know, I don't know if I'd be scared. I mean, probably if I was alone, I'd be scared. But if I was some buddies investigating, probably more fun than anything. Well, boy, I, I, I'm, I'm excited to jump in. Um, these, these two episodes uh, aired in the first and second season. So The Lonely Ghost aired um, in the first season on August 29th, 1992. And Frozen Ghost was season two, episode six, uh, August 14th, 1993. So just about a year apart. Um, and uh, one thing I noticed about these episodes, I don't know if you saw this, Andrew, but they share the same writer. Um, oh, I didn't Which know. is... Uh, Naomi Jansen and what's really interesting is Naomi only wrote two episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark oh. and it's these two episodes <laughs> oh wow so that's kind cool. of another linking factor yeah that's cool yeah um, before we jump in in case anybody's new to how uh, these verses work Andrew do you want to go over the categories we're going to be debating uh, yeah we're going to be talking about the story the characters the ghosts the scariness and the midnight society <laughs> which oddly enough seems to be the category that like always decides this thing <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah so i'd say the the uh category here that's kind of new is ghosts right we kind of have a rotating yeah. category and in this case the ghosts are the thing that really unite these two episodes yeah um yeah I, until we started doing this i i guess i just hadn't thought about how many ghost type things are in are you afraid of the dark um but i feel like it's kind of a lot and i feel like they mostly do it pretty well yeah i I think they're pretty successful with it um even like on deeper levels with like um dream girl where it doesn't feel totally apparent um yeah yeah. they're high quality episodes and uh i think we got two good ones here max this is your first time um judging right yeah, I'm kind of nervous. Huh. <laughs> I'm more nervous about judging than I was like preparing to uh, when I faced Melissa. Yeah. Oh yeah, is. you, you what what didn't you guys do? Are you afraid of the dark? 
Oh yeah. Yeah, I won. <laughs> what did you do? Um, something about a woman in a parking lot. Just like a yeah. <laughs> Vacant lot, yeah. Dark vacant dragon, lot. I think was the other one. Oh yeah, vacant lot versus dark dragon. Yeah, where I, I might have, you know, shared some information. That <laughs> Max was cheated. I didn't cheat. I, <laughs> I mean, I don't know what else to call it. I mean, I guess reminds- we didn't. I guess we didn't say it was against the rules to lie. Yeah. I guess lie oh. would be a better. Cheater, he's a cheater. Hey. <laughs> I'm Elizabeth. I'm in the podcast. Um, which reminds me, Andrew, you and Melissa did debate uh, Dead Man's Float and Dream Girl, right? Yeah. yeah. That was a good one. That one's good. Yeah. Yeah, so there's a bunch of these out there. If this is like your first time, uh, you know, I think they're a bunch of fun. Go back and dig through those. Um, uh, just, you know, I just hope it's a fair fight. <laughs> I don't I don't want to, I don't want to like... Go easy on somebody or go hard on somebody. I just want it to be. I want to be a good moderator. That's all. A good, a good clean fight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the heavyweight championship right here. You two. <laughs> I'm, put, I'm, I'm put. I'm putting my gloves on. I think it's time for some verses. <laughs> Here we go. All right, yeah. So we will first start off here with the story. Um, you know, Lonely Ghost versus Frozen Ghost. So uh, you guys go at it. Just to remind everyone, I have the tale of the Frozen Ghost. Uh, just to make that clear, I feel like <laughs> ghost in the title makes it a little bit hard. It's the um, cold one. Yes, yeah. So uh, just to um, refresh everybody on the episode, uh, Charles is sent with his babysitter Daphne to spend the weekend with his aunts at their spooky house while his parents are away. Soon strange things start happening around the house and the aunts reveal that the ghost of a young boy is haunting the place. As Daphne tries to get Charles to loosen up, the ghost haunts them until they recover the thing he lost. Um, Meanwhile, like like the B story in this one, uh, the electric company has cut the power when the aunts were late paying. So they have to use an old wood burning stove that spills smoke into the house Daphne suggests they get the money from Charles's parents, but they say their father and uncle had a falling out when Uncle Charlie hired a bank robber to work on the farm. (laughs) When he was caught, he was said to have died in a train accident on his way to prison. When the kids recover the boy's jacket, finally, he can finally rest. And in the pocket, they find a strange metal key. Aunt Maylene recognizes the key as the latch to their broken stovepipe, and when she sticks it in and opens the flue... The robber's lost treasure pours down the pipe, solving their money woes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, I, uh, well, let me just tell you what I liked about this one. Um, I think that this was a slightly different arrangement um, than some of these episodes have. Like, the parents have a reasonable reason to be gone, and even as the ants kind of replace them as the adults, the ants aren't quite like regular adults. So it's like, a, it's like the adults are around still, but they're just almost more like kids. Um, so I just kind of like that dynamic. Um, there's so many fake outs that I love in this episode. Like the first half of it is like, you don't know 
unless you've seen it before, you don't know what exactly the haunting is. Like at first it seems like it might be the house and then the ants are acting really weird. And then um, they tell them about the bank robber story. So it's like, you're constantly kind of being like strung along. Like you're not sure what's happening. Uh, the whole story is like pretty complicated, but it, I thought meshed surprisingly well, like all the little pieces um, in the end kind of ended up being tied up, uh, which I was really surprised at just based on the detail of that. Um, I thought it was perfectly paced. Uh, you know, it's like the entire story kind of like sets up this creepy feeling. And I think it just kind of um, snowballs until the very end. Um, was, was that a was that a cold pun? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think uh, also, if you pay attention to the ants telling the story of the bank robber and stuff, like this is a perfect example of how to um, advance a story through the dialogue. It was this little feud. It was a long time ago. There was a terrible falling out between father and Uncle Charlie. Uncle Charlie was Charles' great-grandfather. He hired a common criminal to work on the farm. Maylene, Uncle Charlie didn't know he was a criminal when he hired him. Yes, but father thought there was something odd about him from the start. Uncle Charlie wouldn't listen. Wow, was he a murderer? Goodness, no. As far as I know, he was a bank robber. Well, what happened? The police caught him in the woods out back and put him on the train to prison. End of story. Regretted be that wasn't my understanding. I heard he never made it to prison. Train crashed. And everybody on it was killed. They never found the body of that man. Like, how to do it so it sounds natural. Um, the way that they're like... Um, bouncing off of each other it just instead of just giving the information directly to you um it just feels like it's happening naturally um and uh i this is also an episode that like i think really knows how to inject little details throughout that seem meaningless when you're presented with them but then but that ultimately end up like being important to the story, uh, which I think is a really, it's hard to do well. Um, and uh, finally, I just like, love the conclusion of this episode. Like, I didn't really see it. Com I mean, the first time I saw it uh, years ago, I didn't see it coming, but um, it just feels like, it feels surprising and satisfying at the same time. Like, it's almost out of nowhere, but you put the pieces together from what's happened in the episode so far and it just like feels feels good you know? so uh overall i thought this was like one of the stronger stories um in the series probably i'm surprised to say i'm also surprised to, to hear that well <laughs> you shouldn't be. no um so uh 
I of course had the the tale of the lonely ghost. This is um, you know, you got the I'm cold ghost and then you got the help me ghost, if that that helps the listener at all. <laughs> yeah. Um you know, my story is told by David. It's it's about a teenage girl named Amanda. Her parents have, you know, it seems like they're archaeologists, so she's going to stay with her Aunt Dottie. And her Aunt Dottie seems excited to have her. Uh, her Aunt Dottie's a realtor, um, and she's excited that she'll get to spend time with her daughter, Beth, Amanda's cousin. But Beth is not uh, at all pleased that um, Amanda is there to stay, and so she kind of is starting to put her through the ringer. Um, she tells her that she has to go through an initiation. The gr- uh, her and her group of friends tell Amanda that she has to spend the entire night in a little girl's bedroom um, who had uh, died in that bedroom uh, for their initiation. Um, when Amanda goes to that bedroom, she's confronted with uh, writing on the wall, backwards writing on the wall that says, help me. Um, and then she sees the figure of a ghost in the mirror. Um, she tries to convince um Beth, that there's a ghost in the house. Uh, all the all the while, um, there's a woman working at that house, Nanny, um, who seems kind of like a rejected older woman. We don't really know. She's kind of mysterious. Um, when Aunt Dottie discovers that uh, there's graffiti in the house that she's trying to sell, the haunted house, uh, she sends Beth and Amanda over to clean it, in which they find many more help me's on the wall. Um, and eventually uh, Beth is enticed into the mirror. Uh, Beth has a big thing for stuffed animals. Uh, and so she's enticed with stuffed animals into the mirror. Um, and so uh, it becomes Amanda's job to try to figure out the solution here. What does the ghost want? Um, how to get her cousin out of the mirror, maybe. Um, and she figures out that this little girl who died in the room, um, her mother is Nanny. Nanny has stayed close by, but has never had the courage to go back into the house um, and so by bringing Nanny to the house, uh, she's able to reunite um, mother and daughter. And um, mother is able to kind of go on with her daughter. Uh, and reluctantly, she lets Beth out of the mirror, um, you know, out of the closet at that point since the haunting is over. And, uh, you know, Amanda has the last laugh here. So that's kind of the outline of what happens in a Lonely Ghost. I want to say first, I want to point out that this is a purely girl-centered story. So there's Mm. not one guy in this episode that has dialogue. Um, The only, you know, the only guy you can see in this episode at all is the taxi driver, and you can barely catch him. Um, And I'm struggling to recall any episode that is 100% only female dialogue. I think Mystical Um, Mirror might be close. Yeah, I think that is. Um. But I think it's pretty cool that this is just, and it, you know, for it to be so early in the series and to make a point of, um, you know, really focusing on women and girls, uh, that that was cool. I also think that this feels like a really solid haunted house episode, um, not just in the scariness, but in the backstory of what happened, right? The the building of the kind of what we think might be myth at first. Why does everyone think it's haunted anyway? They don't think it's haunted. They know it's haunted, and this is why. A long, long time ago, there was a little girl who lived there. All the kids made fun of her because she couldn't talk. Why couldn't she talk? I don't know, she just couldn't. Maybe she was deaf. It doesn't matter, just listen. Sorry. Anyway, one day, her mom got a letter that her dad, who was away in the war, had gotten sick. 
So she sent the little girl to stay with her grandmother while she went away to take care of him. Only the little girl didn't make it to her grandmother's. Because on the way, some mean kids surrounded her and teased her. She ran back home to get away from them. And they followed her. Followed her right to her very own home. They locked her in her bedroom. And she didn't escape alive. What happened? No one knew she was there. Her mother didn't come back for weeks. And her grandmother didn't even know she was coming. When they found her, she was dead. And that's where you have to go. Her bedroom. Um, I think this is so heavy, but so effective in kind of setting the tone that not only is this like, you know, fun, snick Saturday night, but like, this is scary. Like this show, this Are You Afraid of the Dark show is going to be scary. Um, plus having to spend the night in the bedroom, um, I think is just a terrifying concept. Um, I remember as a kid, it like crippled me with fear to think about the idea of having to go into this abandoned house and lock yourself in a room where maybe a child died. Um, even as an adult, that idea is very nerve wracking. Um, and ultimately I do love the mother daughter message here. Um, I mean, at the end there, it's just like, like almost too much you know what i mean like it's it's uh it, it's so intense no 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 i can't you can you have to no it's too hard i In, a, in the way that I think very few Are You Afraid of the Darks manage um, this moment of reuniting child and mother. Um, so I think uh, it's a really beautifully done story. I think there's little like intricacies, like the fact that the mother is the realtor, which propels them to be able to go into the house. Um, you know, the the uh, obnoxious cousin who we, we don't necessarily have to wait for her to get her comeuppance. We get that satisfaction in this episode. Um, I think it really hits all the marks while being a truly terrifying episode. Yeah. I mean, you said it well. Uh, <laughs> well tell me why I'm wrong, Andrew. You know. <laughs> well, I got a few problems with this okay. episode. Okay. Um, hmm. Just to start, uh, I was laughing at like the first line of the, dis- of like narration in this. Um, it was the beginning of summer vacation. And every kid in town was sight. Every kid, except Amanda Cameron, that is. We're here, everybody out. For mom and dad, we're some kind of scientists who had to travel up north to study Inuit stone carvings. So Amanda was shipped off to her Aunt Dottie's place for the summer. Oh, oh shoot. <laughs> Listen, David, David's not a floppy storyteller. 
<laughs> it's just so insanely specific. It's like it, it, it would uh, kind of be okay. Like I never would notice it, I guess, if the rest of the episode was like that detailed. But this is so detailed. It's like the first sentence of the episode is more detailed than the rest of the entire episode. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, Naomi Jensen was really just feeling herself. <laughs> I, no doubt. You know, she maybe went over that sentence a few too many times. was like, <laughs> nailed it, but like almost overshot it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, also, uh, this one takes quite a while to get moving. Um, they're not outside standing in the yard, like in the dark with her friends until nine minutes, 30 seconds. So almost halfway through the episode, uh, by the time they're even outside, that's not even to the ghost. Um, and then the ghost is, so, I mean, I, I just thought the first half of the episode was kind of slow. Um, the ghost story is also a little, uh, just kind of cheesy and simple. Um, oh my gosh. Like, well, <laughs> you're telling me nobody checked the girl's bedroom? Like, first place that you would look? Somehow she was stuck in her bedroom long enough to presumably, uh, you know, dehydrate? I think they said the, the mom had gone out of town. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> But uh, somebody should have noticed that she was missing pretty quickly, and that should have been one of the first places they looked. It was like they were surprised that um, she was there finally because they had moved out. But it's obvious. Anyway, I thought it was a little flimsy, that whole story. Um, And the ending. The end. Well, I mean, come on. I mean, I think everything you've argued so far could be just counterpoint. Like, I think it could be said for your episode as well. Um, well, you'll have your chance. Well, I know, but you uh, said, come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, finally, uh, the ending, while touching, is just kind of weird and nonsensical. Like, she, the mother goes to live in the mirror world forever whatever this mirror world is. And so it's like, it's kind of like the message is just be, let yourself be consumed in grief and, you know, live like that forever. It's just kind of a weird end. I don't think it's so much be consumed with grief as much as it's, it's the conclusion. She's found love. She's found like, the piece that was missing for her. And so what she wants more than anything is to be with her child. Yes. But I mean, you know, if this is like a metaphor for a real life thing, like this couldn't happen. Certainly neither of these episodes could happen. (laughs) I'm saying if this was the, if this is the message, it's uh, it's mixed. It's a muddled message. Mm, I don't know. The love of a parent, man. I think it's it's pretty clear. (laughs) <laughs> yes but i mean you can't that would not happen in real life so it's like that but what's let's, the here but if we're talking hypothetical both these episodes are just totally fiction and so i think if a parent was faced with the option they've lived their whole life thinking about you know this lost child and they've reached out el- you know they're elderly 
I think this might be a reasonable conclusion. The best thing that could ever happen to you is to reunite with this child. Yes, but what's the real life corollary? Like, what's the metaphor of this? Um, the, uh, it just seems to be allow yourself to be totally overtaken by that grief. I, th- I think it's about a parent's love, assuming that your parents haven't gone off to be archaeologists. <laughs> I mean, I know what you're saying, and I know what it was going for. I just think it's uh, it did it in a weird way that like, can definitely be interpreted, um, I don't know, strangely. Okay. Okay. I hear you. Almost morbidly. It's, I mean, definitely, I I think Lonely Ghost is definitely a morbid episode, but I think it's kind of what makes it interesting compared to a lot of Are You Afraid of the Darks? Um, You know, I, I would, uh, I would, I would say for your episode, a couple things you, I mean, there's a lot of stuff in common that I felt was maybe a problem for your episode that you mentioned for mine. You use the words in your episode, strung along, complicated, I would agree with those, uh, those descriptors um i think your episode definitely suffers from major pacing issues um mm. and a lot of non-stop That's ne- like there, <laughs> there's like but a non shows up half uh, probably before we're even outside in your episode oh no 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 my ghost is on screen before the com- first commercial break we see we see i'm cold boy but it's like it's like it's got to be like 11 minutes at least in so that's halfway I, I, I strongly disagree here. My episode gets to the, to the, like the first shot is the house and the for sale sign falling over. It's got super yeah, creepy music right off the, right, right off the bat. It feels very scary. And like, there's this heightened, you know, it's building, it's like, it's building to this crescendo. And once you get there, it's like scary from there on out your hmm. episode, we get to the boy. I disagree with that. We get to the boy and then it like lulls. Like we see I'm cold and then it lulls for like another five minutes of just momentum killing is what I would call it. Like, you know, there's these <laughs> moments where there's a scare and then they always undercut it. So for for example, like, you know, he dreams that he sees the I'm cold boy and then he looks out the window and there he is. And then there's this weird like sped up sequence where Charlie's running around the hall like Kevin from Home Alone. Uh, you know, it does this over and over with the scares at the start when they're outside the house, you know, Charles starts just kind of making these jokes. Um, you know, they play the episode in a goofy way. And I think none of it actually really plays. I think it ends up feeling of this episode. No, I think it makes it really uneven where like lonely ghost has a, has a tone like start to finish. Is, are you using a Trump method on me? <laughs> I'm waiting for you to say wrong. All right. All right. All right. Um, so I just, I, I think it ends up feeling totally uneven. Um, I noted that 18 minutes into this episode, like the kids are just like chopping wood. Like we've already met the ghost. Why am I watching them chop wood and argue with one another? Um, there's just like no propulsion to this episode. Um, and I think there's like a lot of very illogical parts of the story. For example, why in the dream is the ghost in the log? Uh, then, you know, he's in the log, but then he gets his coat taken. So then why does he go to the barn? Why doesn't he just go home? Um, if he's in the barn, this? you know, just the, just the end of your, your episode. So why didn't I address it, this? <laughs> well, hold on. I have some more okay. questions. Maybe you'll have to address. Well, I got to uh, remember all this stuff. <laughs> Okay. Mr. Okay. President, Mr. So, President, have your so, time. 
<laughs> so so start with um then start with uh why in the dream is the ghost in the log yeah well in the dream it's like from the kid's perspective when he was alive and the guy that's reaching into him is the robber and he's right he's trying to grab the money but he grabs the coat and Correct. just takes off so he doesn't get caught so, so then why does he go to the barn because he just doesn't have the strength to get home at that point no yeah, he's just trying to find shelter wherever he can. I mean, he doesn't live right there. Okay, so if, okay, I'll, I'll I'll play along. He doesn't have the strength to go home. Um, the solution to this episode is utter nonsense. So, um, mm-hmm. it, the ghost, the, the way to solve this ghost problem is to get the coat coat out of the log. Correct. Yeah. Why couldn't the ghost get get the coat himself? He knew where it was. Because he can't interact with the physical world directly. Until he grabbed they, the, he grabbed they give the coat. it to him. Until they no, he give grabbed the him. coat out of their hand. Yeah. Until they give it to him. What are these rules? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a ghost logic. It's like <laughs> you can't you can't you can't fix your own problem as a ghost. Like somebody has to intervene to help you. But, but would you agree that it's super lame that the thing he needs is his coat in the log? Also, didn't the guy take the coat? Um, yeah, that's... <laughs> okay, that's a good point. Okay. The other thing I did want to point out, and that I'm done with my argument, is I do think, like, I know it could be Midnight Society segment, but I think it plays into the why the story is weak. When the episode ends, there's like 30 seconds of the Midnight Society explaining the conclusion of the episode, which is almost unheard of. Uh, Um. And I think it speaks to the fact that, like, there was too many parts to this episode and the, like, Midnight Society actually had to clean up. I mean, do you want to talk about Midnight Society? I don't, but I think it relates immediately (laughs) to... Well, I I mean, I got to address it now or later. I don't know. Um, Well, address, address... I mean, don't didn't you think it's weird that they had to wrap up the story? I think, I mean, we can get into. Do you want to get into it right now? Okay, we can. We can. If if Max feels good, we can jump to Midnight Society. I guess what I'd like to know, because in both of these episodes, I found myself touching my phone to see how far along we are. (laughs) Oh no! I thought they both. I thought they like they both were pretty slow. Um, you guys could just give me a, a reason why, why was, you know, uh, Joe, why was Frozen, why did Frozen seem slower to you? And Andrew, why did uh, Lonely Ghost feel slower to you? Like the um, pacing, you know, just like getting into the story, right? Yeah, I think, I think it's just all the fa- false starts. So even like when you might think something scary is going to happen, it just like frozen ghost meanders. So like the house is scary, but then these wacky ants come out and they're not so much scary. And then there's like all this like kind of family squabbling story plot lines that feel like, should I be focusing on this? Like Andrew described it as complicated in a good way. I would, I would describe the story as this kind of complicated, slow plotting. Like the, even the I'm cold boy feels like is you know, once he pops up, like, why do I care about this kid? And then they kind of even like just dismiss him quickly in a story. Like, oh yeah, we know the story of this kid. This is what happened. And then they just keep moving along. Besides, it never comes in the house, so there's no need to worry. You guys really believe this, don't you? Of course we do. 
Cool. Well, whose ghost is it? Well, no one knows exactly, but there was this little boy who lived at a neighboring farm, and Father said he used to come over here all the time, sneak around the house, trying to find where Mother hid the cookies. What happened to him? It's very tragic. No one really knows. They just found him one day out in the woodshed, all curled up like he's trying to keep warm. They said he froze to death, poor thing. How sad. Ah, look at that. So, like, I just think they're, like... Yes, there are things to pay attention to in the episode, but it feels almost like so sporadic that um, it just can never keep the momentum where I do think Lonely Ghost has a mood from the start. Um, that That's my take. Well said. Um, well, I first of all, I like, uh, I feel like that's, a lot of that stuff is the only thing that was keeping my attention. But not to belabor that, I... Um, for a lonely ghost i just felt like nothing happened for the first half of the episode like it was just the girl being at this house this weird woman but she didn't really add anything to the first half of this story um it just it honestly just felt like nothing was happening like i needed something more to grasp onto mm-hmm I'm good. Don't touch my stuff. What was it? Oh, why the Midnight Society felt the the need at your ep- oh. and the end of your episode to address um, all these conclusion parts. I don't. So I don't know if you want to just kind of like go into it. The criminal hid the gold in the pipe, and the little boy saw him when he was looking for cookies. Charles's dream. Poor kid. He froze to death hiding from the criminal, and no one knew. I told you you'd get the shiver. Yeah. I mean, I'll address that first. Um, I just felt like I, I don't see the problem with that, I guess. Like all everything you needed to know about the story was in it. But I could see at the time thinking this might be complicated enough for kids to like wrap it up for them if they missed the details. Um, and I mean... I really didn't feel like it was that long. Like it was a couple comments, but I don't know. Overall, I just didn't think, um, I I don't know. I didn't even like think of it as a problem, I guess. Um, But uh, to just get into the Midnight Society as a whole a little bit, um, as they enter the story, as they enter the story, the society is roasting on the hottest night of the year. But Kristen has brought a story that's sure to beat the heat by giving everyone a massive case of the shivers. I'm not sure sitting by a roaring fire is the best way to spend the hottest night of the year. I said we rename it the Heatwave Society and tell the story by my uncle's pool. Come on, it's not that hot. How can you say that? How could she say that? How could she wear that? You still have your jacket on? By the end of my story, you'll be wearing yours too. Um, as our listeners probably know by now, I love a summer setting. Love that heat. <laughs> um, so right away, um, right away, this episode's like great for summer or winter, just based on the opposite poles. Um, 
there's great reaction shots in this one from Frank um, and Betty Ann. Uh, I noticed the classic howl in the background of this beginning. Um, uh, I like that this kind of just like, I like this hinting at just like the everyday life of the society members, like dealing with things like anybody else would deal with, like the heat. Finally, it also ends up connecting to the story at the beginning um, with the Midnight Society members complaining about the heat and then Daphne complaining about the heat in the car, which is pretty unusual. Uh, so I like that touch. Um, and after the story ends, the Midnight Society's wrapped in their jackets. And, uh, you know, they go over the story a little bit. Again, I didn't think it was like anything to even quibble about um and i just i i actually noted that i liked that the midnight society was taking its time like a lot of other episodes uh it seemed especially like as the series goes on goes on it seems like they're just flying through the midnight society segments like almost like they don't want to be doing them but they're just doing it just for the sake of it um and uh i just wanted to note that gary in maybe the only time ever declares this meeting of the heat wave society closed i declare this meeting of the heat wave society closed good night everybody i'm not sure if he ever um gives the midnight society a different name um <laughs> and i also want to note that the fire dousing sound effect is just like insane at the end of this episode uh and made me laugh so that was a plus okay yeah i mean we have a uh, i think that you know these are pretty two distinctly min two distinctly different midnight society segments so it really just kind of depends yeah. on what you like out of your midnight society uh, you know mine is really i would say like it, which makes sense because it's really early in the show's run but it's really like about like developing characters i think in this uh in my segment um, you know, we start out with um, Kristen walking through the woods. It's kind of creepy. She's nervous. She hears sounds. Um, so I like that actually in the Midnight Society here, you get a little taste of scary right off the bat. Um, and then, you know, uh, we find out that it's going to be Kristen's birthday. And then, of course, her, you know, her boy, David, uh, he, do he, do he doesn't let that slip. So um, he's gotten her a little gift. Happy birthday. Uh, David, how did you know my birthday's next week? I don't know what to say. Um, thank you. Um, we're late. I'll open it after the meeting. Okay. Okay. Come on. Um, you know, so this is building some relationship. I, I think there's some relationship development here to show like the connections of the Midnight Society. Um, and plus, Kristen and David's chemistry is absolutely off the charts. Um, All right. <laughs> once Kristen and David arrive around the campfire we see you know other dynamics building uh, a feud between Eric and Frank um, instead of kind of like you know I don't know instead of just kind of like alright we're here uh, here's like some whack metaphor um, getting into the story we actually see like the Midnight Society interacting with one another which I really like uh, and I think is needed um <laughs> Go ahead, take your best shot. Come on, guys, lighten up. <laughs> Sorry. I also like that David is cutting directly to the chase here. Um, 
My story's got to do with two kids who don't get along because they're so different from each other. And a love that is so strong, it can survive anything, even death. And it's like, yes, that is what this episode is about. No, no, like gimmickry here you know nothing nothing uh, fancy he he's a man of um simple taste and so uh, i like the intro that we get um speaking of reaction shots we get a great gary and betty ann reaction shot here um you know if you can get a gary reaction shot you know you're dealing with something good um (laughs) i don't know if it's great but (laughs) it exists (laughs) it exists agreed um and this is the first time Gary says, uh, I declare this meeting of the Midnight Society closed. So we get the iconic line for the first time in my episode. I declare this meeting of the Midnight Society closed. The There is a mid-episode Midnight Society break, and I truly feel this is a well-earned break. Um, this break comes oh. after she goes into the bedroom and sees the ghost and the help me backwards for the first time. And it feels like a needed exhale from um, what I think are is like one of the scariest sequences in Are You Afraid of the Dark history. Um, you know, the, the kids are, the kids, the kids are worked up as they should be. Um, and we need to take a breath. Um, and we should not, we should not forget that in my Midnight Society segment, we get a Midnight Society kiss, which is uh, very rare. Um, and there's, I think, just a real sense of com- camaraderie here which is absent, I think, in so many of the meetings. Like, you can tell this is a gang. Like, they're coming together. There's relationships building. And even when they're leaving, they're kind of, like, roughhousing and kidding with one another. Um, so I think there's just, like, a actual, like, real dynamic to my Midnight Society segment. Um, and, and like I said, a lot of character development. Hmm. Okay. Um, it's okay if you just want to say I agree and we can move on. No, or... that's not quite <laughs> the route I was going to take. Um, okay. I I mean I felt like the the David Kristen thing was just tiresome. Um the whole thing just felt annoying. Like it didn't even need to be there. Um the and the rough housing between David and Frank, it's like I don't know. Just felt kind of forced. Like of course this is what they were going to be doing when we got to the campfire. We don't um, know them yet. Uh I mean we've had two episodes with them, right? Before them, okay. okay. <laughs> I mean, we know Frank. You know, we know yeah. David's the smart Alec. Okay. They just—I don't know. It was again. It's just like it just felt a little generic. Both of these parts, I guess. Um, the extra cutaway, of course, was completely unnecessary and um, just like a, a definite uh, downside to this story. Very creepy. Where did Beth go? Beth went to Sally's for the whole night. Aunt Dottie was working late. That means Amanda was home alone with Nanny. She should have stayed with a ghost. Now she's alone with a lunatic. Nanny isn't a lunatic. Beth just told Amanda that to scare her. But you probably didn't get that. Guys, come on. So what happened, Dave? When Aunt Dottie came home, Amanda told her everything that had happened. Oh. And for, especially for a story that, like, up to this point is so straightforward. It's like, do we need to be hearing what's going on in the story after just watching it? Did you um, see what had just happened? Yes. What are, <laughs> I mean, like, like a seven-year-old you is not 
in your pants, you need the Midnight Society to tell you, like, everything's okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, David winning over Kristen by buying her something. It's just, like, yeah, it's just annoying. Um, and I just felt like the set, the parts of this that um, paralleled the story, like the fighting and the locket, just felt, you know, a little shoehorned in, like... Like, I don't even know. Um, well, the kid who felt, got the locket is telling the story. Yeah, I know. But it's like the locket wasn't a main part of the story exactly. Like, it mm-hmm. showed up finally in the last seven minutes or whatever. But, yeah, it felt like if he was going to do that, he would make the locket, like, the item. Anyway, this whole thing just felt a little uh, long-winded and pointless. Pointless, wow. I just want to know my midnight society. That's all. Um, I, I feel like, you know, Kiki gives more in one look than we get in most of these characters in this episode. (laughs) Okay. I mean, I would argue that, uh, you know, again, I think it's just a matter of preference. I think you have character building on my side relationships. Sort of. And I think on yours... I mean, where does that go? Yeah. Uh, it lets us know our characters. We spend a, a couple seasons with these guys. Yeah, I know. I like to see them just, like, doing their regular everyday thing. Like, this well, extra we, stuff. We do get to do that with them, but I think we get sort to of. do that with them because we get to know them through segments like this. Um. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I just don't think that this segment, like, added as much to their characterization as you're uh making it sound they kissed (laughs) (laughs) um okay well i you know again i think the dynamic here is you know i've 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 said for mine but i think you know yours is not i'm not rejecting it out of the gate like it's i think there are places for this type of midnight society thing i think it's um you know it's 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 a gimmick to build the story, but it's not like a, it doesn't annoy me. You know, it's you know, the basis of it is it's hot. Um, the story is going to give you the chills. Got it. Um, yeah. And that's kind of that's kind of it. But they're all um, sweaty, you know, and then by the end, they've got their coats wrapped around them like, boy, that did give them the chills. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know. The Heat Wave Society, I think, is a total mockery of the sacredness of the oh, Midnight Society. <laughs> um, to suggest the name is just, um, it's upsetting. And no. uh, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> no, to be honest, my, my biggest complaint is... Um, Actually, uh, sorry, but now that you say that, that was really the perfect thing for Gary to say. Because it's so, like, nerdy and dumb that Gary would say that. Yeah, he yeah he might. Doesn't mean it's good, but he yeah, might. it's good for his character <laughs> and thus the episode. Oh, so you do like character development? I do like it when it's done well. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, my biggest problem with your Midnight Society segment—I know you're kind of saying like you didn't think it was a big deal—but the fact that they have to end the story and then they go like, "Wait, so the gold in the heater was what the robber yeah, had hid?" Okay. Yeah, and then so that means the sweater in the log was where you know, like it just felt like, oh boy, like they're have they're having to like kind of plot this out for us. This is not the best. 
Um, I know what just, you're saying, and I disagree, but it's the equivalent of your cutaway scene. It's like, no, 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 no. Because my yeah. cutaway is not explaining anything. It's them reacting. You're right. It's even less of a, it has even less of a purpose. No, my story is strong enough that we don't need the Midnight Society to pander. We, what? We, Wait, you we, need to we, cut back to the Midnight Society to, to see what's take, up with them? To take a breath. Your Midnight no, Society has breath. to break this down the... <laughs> your Midnight Society has to break down the failings of your story. Nah, nah. <laughs> it was just they, so complex. It's kind of tough for a kid to maybe... I'm not going all. to Are You Afraid of the Dark for complex. I don't think that's a good argument. Well, I think that it's good when it's done well. Again, and this wasn't. Know. It was. It was. It was convoluted. All the, the story. No, all the story elements ended up wrapping up. Only because the Midnight Society had to clean up the mess. No, it wrapped up in the story. <laughs> all right. Uh, any questions, Max? <laughs> I'm loving this. I'm loving it. Uh, I don't think so. Um, how did the only thing I can think of? Um, I think you guys really hit everything, but the uh, the young boy who gave the gift for the birthday, um, he said, "Hey, how did you know it's my birthday?" But he I don't, he didn't say anything, did he? He just ignored that. <laughs> Probably. It, I I don't know what you want me to answer. <laughs> I don't know. It's just kind of creepy. He just didn't answer. I mean, he's definitely, they're definitely into each other. We're just getting to see it. Okay. Gotcha. I mean, they run, they run away together in season three. (laughs) You think that's what happened? (laughs) I think it's a a fact. (laughs) No! If you touch our contaminated wrinkly old hand, I'll never let you touch my things again. Um, where should we go next, Max? Um... Man, I'm I'm really interested in going to characters next. Okay. Um. Well, I'll I'll kick it off here. I'm you know, I got uh you know my uh I'm going to talk about the immediate group of characters, not so much best friends, but um we you know we start with Amanda here. Amanda is our I would say she's a perfect protagonist. Um, (laughs) she's she's kind of a fish out of water, um, but she's not a pushover. I suppose she told you we're going to do all sorts of fun stuff together. Yeah. Wrong. If you think I'm going to hang with you all summer, you're nuts. I don't think she means for you to hang with just me. We could do stuff with your friends. You don't even know my friends. They could get to know me. Why? It's not like just anyone can hang with us. You have to prove you're not a Zeeb. How does one prove that they're not a Zeeb? Okay, look. You want to hang with us? You got to follow the rules. Um, she's not, rules. You know, she's quirky, but she, you know, she's fun loving. And uh, certainly someone like Beth could squash that. But Amanda's like kind of willing to go along with it. So she's the perfect character for this type of story. Um, you have Aunt Dottie, who um, is your quirky aunt, kind of it like you see in um, Frozen Ghost times two. Well, I'll leave you two alone to get reacquainted. Have fun. Um, but her her being the realtor on the house is, I think, an intriguing touch to the story. Um, it actually helps move the story along. It gives them a reason that they can go into the house. Um, the, the fact that the house is, you know, um, kind of a thorn in her side. Um, 
adds to the backstory of like the, the legend of the house that can't be sold. Oh, not that place, sweetie. No one's been in there for years. <laughs> I should know. I'm the real estate agent. I can't even get people to look at the place. <laughs> I wish it would just. <gasps> Sometimes I think this house just doesn't want to be sold. Just the existence of a character like Nanny, um, I think, is interesting, right? We have this kind of rejected old woman who seems kind of frail. Um, she certainly seems underappreciated uh, by the house that she's working in. You must be Amanda. I'm Nanny. No! If you touch or contaminate and wrinkle the old hand, I'll never let you touch my things again. And then ultimately, um, just this idea that she's stayed close to the place where she's lost her daughter but can't quite bring herself to ever go back um, is pure poetry. Uh, I think Nanny is a one-of-a-kind character in Are You Afraid of the Dark? Um, and finally, love her or hate her, uh, Cousin Beth, I think, is one of the most memorable characters in Are You Afraid of the Dark history. Um, this girl spews vile like it's her job. Don't you ever talk to her. Who is she? My nanny, and I want her gone. Why? Because I'm too old for a nanny. And she's so weird. I hate how she's always watching me. She seems kind of sad to me. She's crazy. Really crazy. I know for a fact there's something funny with her in the haunted place next door. I heard my parents talking once. I think she must have been driven insane by the ghost. Um, we mentioned Carl from Crybaby Lane like uh, being like Buzz from Home Alone. I would I would argue Beth is the girl version of Buzz from Home Alone. Just kind of this like th like real thorn in your side. Um, and it works so perfectly because you so badly want Beth to get punished. As I said, you want her to get her comeuppance. Um, and she, and we don't really have to wait that long for that to happen. Like halfway through the episode, she is punished. Um, and so it's kind of a satisfying thing, right? Cause they so immediately want you to hate this girl and there is an actual payoff to what, to the reason she's acting the way she's acting. Um, so I think you kind of have like this. Why is she acting the way she's acting? Well, no, what I'm saying is the reason like the episode writes her that way has a payoff like they want you to dislike this girl strongly from the start and then there's that satisfaction of like oh she's trapped in that mirror her friends get to be satisfied by it amanda gets to be satisfied by it if nanny knew i'm sure nanny would be jumping up and down um so there's like this kind of real satisfying thing but even if you think like Beth's annoying i think that's the whole purpose here uh beth is iconic in are you afraid of the dark history as far as like being one of the worst um people um and i think that serves its purpose um i would note that sally one of the friends here uh, just like kind of a trivia i saw that was kind of interesting sally um is one of the friends here and she goes on to play the uh the deaf character in the tale of the closet keepers which i just thought was interesting because the ghost in the story is a mute um so kind of a connection oh Okay, well, um, I've got Charles Pemberton Schilling III, the spoiled rich kid. Um, now what's the problem? What if they're asleep? What if they get mad at us for waking them up and don't like us and they're mean to us all week? They're your relatives, not a couple of wicked old witches. Who's perfect for this episode. Uh, and he's like simultaneously 
annoying and really spooky looking himself. He almost looks like a ghost the first time you see him. Um, I don't know. I think he just plays this character perfectly. Uh, he's a jerk little kid. Um, but it's like kind of different from the usual Nickelodeon um, way of being a jerk. Like he's not actively a jerk. His whole like persona is just that he's uh, spoiled and expects things for himself. Um, and then Daphne, of course, you know, the Melissa Joan Hart. The reason why you come to this episode. Um, she's a worldly tough babysitter. Uh, and I think she's great in this. She's like, there's like part Clarissa in there, but enough different to uh, differentiate the character. Your aunts are totally neat. What? They're kind of weird. Why? Because their house is a new and perfect like yours? We can't all be rich and rich. Hey, don't, you'll get a wrinkly. Fine, do it yourself if you're going to be picky. Mom's going to have to take care of my things. Whatever, I'll draw your bath, sire. Um, and she's also part of the, like, uh, comic relief of this episode, which is, you know, what, um, something you can use to eliminate annoying, uh, cut-in segments, um, to relieve some of the tension. Um, and then there's Aunt Greta and Maylene who are the quirky but harmless old ladies. However, at the beginning of the story, they act to enhance the spooky atmosphere. Like, you don't know what these ladies are going to do. Let me help you with that. Mom says you are our guest. That's right. She wants you to be absolutely comfortable. Oh, I'm sure you'll be. No, no. We're only trying to be good homes. <laughs> Maybe. I thought we agreed not to mention that. Credit, dear, I only said ghost, not ghost. Ghost? And then as the story goes on, they come, kind of become part of that comic relief. Um, and I think one of the things about having both of them there is like they have this quick like back and forth that um, is sometimes humorous and like, but it's really good at uh moving the story forward like providing information without just like uh just spilling it outright um with no like style i guess um the and finally uh the limo driver who uh drops the kids off at the beginning of the story who um would be a pointless character except he kind of serves to um, flesh out a little bit of the story that exists like before this story in the kid's life like um just kind of um makes it more clear what this kid is all about um so i think part of what's great about these characters is that they have a familiar nickelodeon feel to them but it's there's presented in a unique way where they're like slightly different variations on similar like characters you know but they're not quite that um i think they're all pretty believable and um they all serve like a distinct purpose in the story um i just don't think like anything's wasted with them and uh 
you know, I, I think they um, all carry the story really well. Well, I, uh, you know, um, I think uh, I want to start with, I think, the highlight here. And it's something we've talked about on this podcast before, which is the high hopes that Melissa Joan Hart was going to be in an Are You Afraid of the Dark episode. And the general consensus that I know for a fact we've discussed, in fact, uh, Melissa has um, stated it in one of our episodes for sure, which is, you know, this excitement that she'd be on and then that she kind of ended up being this, um, you know, Daphne is kind of this unaffected by everything type of character. She's a little like harsh. Um, and I think you come for the Clarissa, but uh, the reason that this episode almost I think it almost contributes to its failing that like she isn't used in a more interesting way. Um, I think the ants come off a little like uh, amateur golden girls. Um, Daphne and Charles, uh, I think their dynamic is I get what they're doing. Like it's it's pretty clear, right? Rich kid babysitter. Um, it's just not very like enjoyable to watch these characters interact. Um I don't know, like even like when they're arguing and then the ghost appears, it feels like, I don't know, like it's just, it all feels incidental. I can't um, take it anymore. You are a complete and total wuss. I am not. You are too. You're always finding an excuse not to do things. When are you going to quit being such a freak? I'm not a freak. Yeah, right. If it weren't for me, you'd be a total couch potato sitting at home playing a nice safe video game in your nice clean clothes. What's wrong with clean clothes? You want to know what's wrong with clean clothes? I'll show you what's wrong with clean clothes. Oh, look, he's still alive. What a surprise. He survived a little bit of mud. That's it. I'm telling my mom you did that. I'm telling my mom instead. I'm going to get angry at you. What was that? The ghost! The ghost! We have to get back to the house! Maybe I'm a ghost and it won't come inside! I think it came from over here. No! Daphne! Come back! It, 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 Daphne does not really work for me as a character. I think she's kind of annoying. Charles is really like one-note city. Um, and the, the conflict between the two, again, going back to kind of some of the story here, but like it feels tiresome, the fact that they're just kind of like... I don't know, momentum killing. Um, so I, I, I didn't, I, you know, I thought the ants had some charm, but uh, I did not particularly enjoy watching Daphne and Charles. And I think the, you know, the huge failure of this episode is not finding a way to use Melissa Joan Hart in an interesting way. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Well, um, as far as Lonely Ghost goes, um, Man, these characters are just, well, first of all, Amanda, um, just plain, indistinct, uh, her, like, descriptor sentence says she likes books. Like, that's who she is, apparently. Um, and what we find out is she's courageous, brave, uh, compassionate. Very plain, very, very <laughs> average character. I mean, just not characterized, really, just there's not much to her. Um, Beth is uh, partly enjoyable to watch and partly <laughs> so detestable that I kind of hate watching her. So it's like, I guess it succeeds in a sense, but it's like, it's almost too extreme. Give me a break. It's not even dark. You can't be scared now. 
One thing for sure, I'm never inviting you to do anything with us ever again. Hello? Wow. No wonder Mom was so mad. You did this just to get me in trouble, didn't you? I didn't do it. It wasn't like this last night. Yeah, right. Well, if you think that I'm going to clean up a mess that you made, now what? Um, don't don't touch her. <laughs> when she screams to the nanny. Disgusting hands. <laughs> yeah, she, I mean, she is straight psycho. Um... Aunt Dottie is like nothing. She exists just to be the realtor and, you know, to have the sense that there's some adult around. Um, the nanny is just such a strange character. Uh, and I don't even know what to think. Like it's, she, she acts the part well, but the character itself is just kind of like incomprehensible. Like what, like it's this broken, almost like presented as a creature. Um, and it's just like the whole depiction of her just feels a little cruel um, to the point that it doesn't feel like good witnessing it. Um, I just, uh, I don't know. Her whole like presence is strange to me. Um, uh, Beth's friends, of course, are, basically just props for the story um so i think with the exception of the nanny all of these characters are pretty typical of this type of kid story um not only in already pray the dark but like in goosebumps or stuff like that like they're all kind of just straightforward um sort of one note um except again the nanny which i just I don't hate, but there's something that's not quite uh, good about it. I think it's just like a lot more serious than what we're used to on Are You Afraid of the Dark? Mm. And, and that, whether whether that's good I, or bad. I know what you're saying. And I, I think I think like part of your argument comes across a lot more as an adult. Um, but part of the problem with this story overall was... Um, and like a big part of it is the nanny is that a lot of this stuff is like so is pretty subtle um so the point where like as a kid i i don't think i was like fully aware of what was going on in this episode you know um but like, you're i would like argue your your episode is like overly complex like there's so many i mean we're talking story now but like I think I do um, think that like yeah, in that way our episodes are polar opposite like where mine is like kind of simplified to the bone and yours is yeah. a lot. I think yours is though like emotionally like it deals with these characters emotions a lot mm-hmm. to a point that I think is like way above uh like way over kids heads. I mean maybe I'm just maybe I was just like not aware enough or something but watching this now it was like a lot of the details like i suddenly understood like the idea that she was um that she couldn't like leave the house but didn't want to go back into it like that's pretty complex um of a like psychological thing going on especially if you never quite come out and say it um so you know it was it's just her whole character, like, and her whole character storyline, like, is very, um, 
it's just hard to grasp, I think, for uh, a kid. And even for me now, it's a little hard. It was a little hard to grasp. You know? hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I just, one, I do think you're underselling Amanda. Like, I think from the start, we get a sense that Amanda is a little more interesting and, like, bold than she's made out to be. And the episode actually, like, fleshes and proves that. Amanda actually accomplished something. And, like, Daphne and Charles, even at the end, even though they give the ghost his coat, I'm not sure like Daphne and Charles are actually like redeemed or healed uh, in any sort of way. They've just resolved the conflict without actually proving anything about themselves. Uh, um, I mean, Charles is kind of becoming more of an individual coming into his own, if you will. Uh, and Daphne's sure. kind of the, uh, you know, impetus for that. Charles was able to get dirty. He overcame yeah. his dirt. <laughs> Yeah, I suppose so. He does take a pretty hard fall. It's one of the hardest falls in Are You Afraid of the Dark history. <laughs> it is a good Dave, fall. Talking so about Are You Afraid of the Dark history? <laughs> hey, it's it's important. It's important. Uh, um, no, but I just I do like I just kind of prefer my like I prefer Nanny and Beth just simply in the fact Nanny. that they're really interesting to watch. Like they're. They're ki- they're kind of like they're complex. They're you know Beth is so staggering that it's like you almost can't believe what you're hearing. Um, and I think those type of characters are more memorable in the long run than Charles um, or, or or Daphne, who again I think just isn't a very interesting character overall. Um, I mean, I disagree. I think you're underselling my characters. Um, I said I kind of like the ants. Uh, yeah, I know. Um, I think every, you know, I think part of the Daphne's problem is people were expecting to see Clarissa and if she wasn't exactly Clarissa, it was like, this is not good. Um, and Charles, uh, he's just perfect for this. He's such a creepy, (laughs) weird kid. Like you believe him as a spoiled brat, but like you also feel creepy just kind of looking at him because he's so like ghostly. I, uh. I think I, I think I have enough information here. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I, would hope, I would hope so. <laughs> could you could you go into Aunt Dottie just a little bit more? <laughs> All your fault. You're such a chicken. I'm not, and I don't want to be in your limo group anymore. Good. I wasn't gonna let you in anyway. And you're a snitch too. You're a chicken and a snitch. I couldn't stand being you. Um, Max, do you want to do ghosts or scariness? Uh, let's roll with ghosts. Okay. Talk about uh, iconic Are You Afraid <laughs> of the Dark Ghosts. This is another one of them. Um, it's this, uh, you know, I mean, I'm sure you guys have watched it, but it's this eerie ghostly boy hanging around the house um, saying his famous line, of course. I'm cold. (laughs) One of the most effective two word lines in anything, perhaps, let alone Are You Afraid of the Dark? Um, And I love this kid's look with the bags under his eyes and, like, especially the, I don't know what they were doing to get him so 
white, but it was almost like he was glowing white. Um, it just looked really cool and creepy. Um, also, uh, I love this. Maybe my favorite scene of him is the first time you see him when he's outside. Like he's, it's like he's floating in the air in the dark and you just like see him standing out there by himself. Uh, it's just very creepy. Um, and, uh, there's just like weird stuff in this episode that I think is really cool that the ghost does. Um, like, like at one point he's supposed to be invisible. So it's like his footprints clomping through the mud, uh, just looks really cool. And then, um, the way that like how quickly he teleports basically when he's chasing the kid. Um, so the kid constantly like ends up right in the ghost's face. Uh, it's just a really freakish, um, cool ghost. I mean, and it's, I think it's really weird. Um, just in general, like how good, um, are you afraid of the dark was with coming up with like interesting, different ghosts. Um, and I think this is one of them. It's just one of their strengths during this time period was like, I mean, ghost stories, they had been overdone, but um, somehow they made this a, like, new, distinct ghost. Um, and I just think it's super effective. Okay. I mean, I should say that, like, you know, we're going to argue these, but I think these are the two most iconic ghosts in Nick history. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so there's just a lot to love here um, from both sides, I think. But, uh, you know... I, I, I do I do think my ghost has like a very deep emotional resonance, like especially once you understand the episode. Um, but that first time where you see the ghost when she's in the mirror and it's just kind of black behind her and she's staring out, it's almost like, um, you know, like the ring or something. You get this like feeling of like this bowl cut ghost just staring you down. The door locks behind you. There's this this these backward uh, words on the wall. Um, I just think that not only is like there's like an emotional story to my ghost, but it, it is an utterly terrifying ghost upon first glance. And by the conclusion, you know, it'll bring you straight to tears, um, which is to me a perfectly executed ghost. Right. There's a purpose for this ghost. Um, and uh, there that there's a backstory and uh, there's scares. Um, so I think uh, I think the ghost truly has meaning. And I think it's uh, interesting that the ghost um is so important to another character in this episode, right, in Nanny. Who are you? It's Nanny. Your, your mother? Nanny's your mother? ghost is not just like this this lone thing out there it, it actually um connects to someone in the story I, I think kind of in the way dream girl so successful i think that this is successful in that vein 
Um, I think that the fact that dream, um, I'm sorry, not dream girl, uh, that this ghost is a mute is kind of a fascinating idea, right? To take like, to take the words away from the child, um, to take the words away from the ghost, I think is, uh, an interesting idea, which forces the ghost then to use the black crayon on the wall, which, uh, then becomes like, you know, the strategy of the ghost to get people's attention, um, I've talked about on prior episodes, Lonely Ghost was one of my favorites when we talked about it. Um, You know, that really haunted me as a kid. Like, you know, I hadn't seen The Shining yet with Red Rum. So before there was Red Rum, there was Help Me. Uh, And um, that was just something that really unnerved me, both haunting and uh, childlike at the same time, right? Like, you know, it's horrific, but it's also what a child would do. and my ghost actually entraps people. So I think there's like a real cl- uh, clear and present danger to my ghost. Uh, you know, if it wants to, it can trap you in the room with it. Um, you know, there is a danger to my ghost. It's not just a bystander. It's It can be a menace if it needs to. Even if her actual intent is pure, um, she can l- lure people in, uh, as she does with Beth, into the closet. Um, you know, Beth is a hindrance to what this ghost is trying to accomplish. And so she, um, neutralizes that character. Um, I think, uh, I mean, it was, and plus this, you know, it's a classic ghost pretty much. If you were watching, are you for Nickelodeon? Are you afraid of the dark? This ghost was like in the commercials. Um, so this just became like a very classic ghost, as I said, both did, but, um, you know, this was the OG, uh, uh, are you for the dark ghost? Um, well, I got a few problems with the ghost. I mean, overall, I like both of them a lot. But um, first of all, I know you like this, but the sales for sale sign falling over at the beginning of the episode. Mm-hmm. It's just like what the ghost has power over the outside world, too, in another dimension. Could say the same for yours. Like, it's, it's, what do you mean? <laughs> it controls stuff inside the house. How? Oh, well, he can move anywhere, but your ghost is stuck in the mirror so it's just a little no we see the ghost come out of the mirror um well finally when she escapes (laughs) but like in most of the episode she's stuck in the mirror (laughs) okay i I just Um, think i think there are rules uh, rules that don't make sense neither but okay uh (laughs) the other a little bit of an issue i had is like you know and it's a lot more obvious now um that i'm watching it but like the first thing you see is help me. So it's like you should some part of you immediately realize this ghost isn't really a threat. It's wants help, you know? Um, so that just takes away a little bit from the scariness. Um, and ultimately I just like this ghost kind of depends on that one shot of in the mirror and nothing else is really that scary about it. Um, like it's only you only see it and are you know actively scared for like ten seconds or something of the episode. Um, so uh, I just think um, partly that shot has like just stuck in people's minds, rightly so. Um, I think it's just been overlooked, overblown a little bit into like making the ghosts more than it maybe really is. I was just saying, remember, guys, this isn't scariness. This is just the ghost character. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I do think like there is a connection between the room and the ghost, and the room 
combined with the ghost is yeah. a, a scary thing. The fact that the ghost can trap you is a, a scary thing. Um, yeah. yeah, sort of. Of course, like, is she going to be able to trap anyone else with that trick? Like, it's she's showing a, a reflection of how her room used to be. I'm gathering. Oh, no, no, no. I... Well, I mean, there's that, but I'm I'm just talking about the fact that she can close the door behind you when you walk oh, in. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. You know, I'll just say, like, I'll forego it. I think there are rules in both episodes that just don't really make sense. Um, you know, the fact that your ghost is sometimes visible, sometimes invisible, sometimes oh. in the house. Some, it, But, like, there's a strong sense that this ghost is supposed to be stuck outside the house, right? He died in the barn. He's in the woods. Um, although we do see that weird shot of from ghost, what I call ghost view, where he's yeah. like cutting through the backyard at night and he's just like knocking everything in his path over, which yeah. doesn't totally align with the ghost we end up seeing. Um, um, well, I'll, you know, I'll address that shortly here, but. Oh, no, just go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I love that shot. I was going to say that's one of my favorite shots of all of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Uh, oh this God. like Sam Raimi esque, uh, like Evil Dead shot of going across the yard uh, toward the house. Um, but it just it's it doesn't it just doesn't connect to the ghost. Well, why not? I mean, why can't he move like that? Because he just doesn't. We already in saw, the episode. We already saw, but we already saw that. Oh, we see at the end that he can like teleport. So he can teleport, but he yeah. like that's much different than just like bulldozing over the yard furniture. Well, why can't he do that too? <laughs> there's nothing stopping him like yours would be stopped from being trapped in that room like he can what like what's the limit to what he can do it's just like whatever's in the episode so then he's just a boring ass ghost um he can just wander <laughs> wherever he wants there's no rules to this guy what do you mean well he didn't go in the house he was just in the yard well, no he controls stuff in the house there was some stuff moving in the house that's questionable, but I don't think the yard has anything to do with that. Okay. But I love that shot. I can't believe um, it's not. You I don't, don't have like a, that. It's no, no, a great no. shot. I don't have the problem. I don't have a problem with the cinematography. I have a problem with the logic. I still don't think it, there is a problem though with it. Okay. Okay. I just don't see it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm saying okay. All right. Um, all right. You know. Yeah, yes, he has a cool saying, and yes, he's a ghost. Um, but I don't think he's ever truly imposing in the way that my ghost is imposing. Um, um, hold on. Hold on. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, you know, literally the only thing he does is complain. I, I do think there's just a, a clear difference in, in the fact that, like, my ghost can manipulate things uh, in a way that is actually scary and that your ghosts, like, um, you know, depending on the rules here, but, like, when they are actually confronted with him, like, he's just, like, transporting and saying, I'm cold. Um, yes, he looks, he looks like a ghost, which can be scary, but he, the thing that like he's trying to accomplish the way he's communicating is not very scary. Um, mm, the way he's communicating definitely is I'm cold. I'm cold. Yeah. He's complaining. <laughs> that didn't freak you out when you were a kid. The, those words are interesting. Like in his cadence is really interesting. I'm yeah. cold. Yeah. But like, okay. He's cold. <laughs> so all of it. <laughs> Yeah, all of it's interesting. <laughs> um, you know, Clarissa's response, uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Daphne. Daphne's response absolutely cements 
that it's not at all that impactful. Like the first time she sees him, she's practically unfazed. She just go, she goes, and I quote, "What does it want?" Um, you know, she's not like freaking out or anything. So like, just well, the fact that. Well, but it's also part of the ghost that like the effect that the ghost has. Mm. Um, and I think the ultimate flaw here, as I've mentioned, is like the ghost's unfinished business, right? It is very tragic that, of course, this child dies as it is when any child dies. But the fact that this ghost is unfinished business is that his jacket is stuck in a stump is not only a solvable problem, it seems, but one that is just like, I'm not that invested in the solution of this ghost. Um, there is no like emotional resonance. Uh, the jacket that he wants is not even a very hefty jacket. It's like a like a starter's sweater from oh, the nineties. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I would argue part of his um, mission or whatever was also the key. So you know, the jacket maybe was a little underwhelming, but then the key like cements the whole thing. Hello. I guess so. I just, <laughs> you guys, I just, I just feel like the ghost, like, I don't know. It's purpose is to me at best, like very, uh, vague. Okay. Um, where, you know, where my ghost, the purpose is, uh, life changing. <laughs> the purpose <laughs> is to trap her mother in a, you know, uh, to give, to give her eternal, mother, um, Relief? <laughs> no. Joy? <laughs> no, what's the thing between heaven and hell? Purgatory. purgatory? <laughs> Eternal purgatory in the mirror. Yeah. They looked happy as hell in that mirror. They were playing games. I mean, they were young They are again. now. They are now. Wait for a hundred years to pass. See if they're so happy. Your complaint is with death? No, I'm just saying the whole ending is questionable. Okay. okay. For... okay. All right. All right. I think it's beautiful. <laughs> Any questions, Max? No. No. You guys are doing amazing. Okay. Zach and Brian. All right. Wrong. If you think I'm going to hang with you all summer, you're nuts. Well, that's our last category here, scariness. I'll just jump right in. Um, I think there are layers to the scariness of Lonely Ghost. Um, I know you keep mentioning how long it takes. I, I would note that we're at my haunted house at 10 minutes, and we don't see Frozen Ghost until 13 minutes in your Wait a minute. What's at? Oh, yeah, you're outside till nine plus minutes. However, can I just rebut that quickly by saying that um, there's a lot of stuff, like creepy stuff building up to that halfway point in my episode. I think there is two in mind, though. It seems like very undercut. The music in my my episode is, I've mentioned this a bunch, and I strongly believe in it in Are You Afraid of the Dark? I think some of there are some very good Are You Afraid of the Dark episodes, and I would count yours among it that could be a good Are You Afraid of the Dark episode where the music they end up playing this like kind of goofy music when they want want it to feel light again, and it totally undercuts the scariness. Um, that never happens in my episode. Like the music consistently from start to finish is creepy. Sometimes it's like kind of that child play box, that music box type music, um, but it's always ultra serious. And so I think from the start, you get that music, you get that sense of the house that's just sitting there abandoned. Um, and then, you know, we, we've definitely talked about episodes that go a lot longer than 10 minutes before you get to the scary part. So to me, that's that's not a problem. Um, 
the cabin house, the exterior feels weird. I think they do a good job. And I think there's something about being able to see the place that is haunted from your doorstep that, that adds an uneasiness, right? Like you're living next to it. It's just sitting there staring at you. Um, so I think the house itself is kind of, you know, listen, I, I love the look of the house, like that cabin house. I, I, I kind of want to live there, but, um, I remember as a kid, it feeling kind of like an imposing place. Um, in the background story, as I've mentioned of the child being trapped in a room until she died, um, super morbid, but I think it like sets a tone in the episode that, um, there isn't going to be like a ton of lightheartedness. And for Are You Afraid of the Dark, that is exactly what I want, right? Like if it's a Pete and Pete, yes, I want some zany moments. Um, but for Are You Afraid of the Darks, I'm coming for the scare. And I think uh, it gives me that sense. Um, the first appearance of the ghost, as I mentioned, I think goes beyond like her getting trapped in that room, the help me um, backwards on the wall. It's just a lot. Like I think it's it's almost like a horror movie moment and uh i i love it It, like there's a hint of kind of dark music uh the tale of the dark music in this episode with the closet with the uh, the idea that the closet can tempt you um right so beth becomes kind of transfixed um so there's like different elements of scary at play here um you have the actual haunted house right so just the concept I think when I was little, the part that stuck with me from this episode the most was that concept of having to go into an abandoned house and stay in it at night. I remember that really stuck with me as like just this truly the worst scenario possible. Um, And, uh, you know, the idea that the room can trap you inside. um, It's uh, I think I you know, I know you disagree, but I think start to finish, I think it's a substantially creepy episode even if it's not always like ah, i'm screaming i'm so scared it's uh there's always kind of like a pit in your stomach as far as um what's about to happen um okay. i just want to note that um you've mentioned a couple times the um idea of staying inside this haunted house overnight which i agree with is a great uh creepy idea I just think like, even as a kid though, I was always disappointed that that never really happened in this episode. Like they talk about it, but you know, they run home a few minutes later. What do you want her to do? (laughs) Uh, I was just hoping more of the episode would take place in the house, like them staying in there and like the creepy stuff happening overnight, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, anyway, uh, so for mine, I just, um, I just think there's so much stuff that like this perfectly ramps up every few minutes. There's like some new thing that like makes you wonder what's going on. So the creepy old house in the middle of nowhere that you're stuck inside. Uh, I just love this setting and how the house is kind of falling apart with these ladies living in it. So it feels like it feels creepy and old, like the tubs old just feels like very ancient. Um, I love these, uh, so like it just starts building from the moment they get to the house. First of all, the house looks creepy. Then when they get up to the, um, porch, the rocking chair is rocking on it by itself. And then they're introduced to the weird old ants who are acting kind of weird. Like they might be hiding something. So it's just like, you're on edge this whole time. And then, um, 
just this slow build throughout this episode, I think is really effective. Um, so when you finally see the ghost appear in the yard, it just feels like a shock moment. Um, and part of what I think works a little bit better in this episode is uh, that you don't know what's coming. Like and if you haven't seen this one before, you don't know what the ghost is going to be, but in uh, lonely ghost like they're going into a haunted house presumably you're gonna see the ghost in there um i just think this was like more of a surprise um and then just like the ghost's powers like while he can't while he's not hurting them um it's just like cool creepy stuff throughout this episode the ghost uh the you know, going through the yard in that one shot at night, like plowing over the um, lawn chairs. I just, just that shot is creepy to me. Um, the ghostly footprints coming forward in the mud. That was just like a clever, probably cheap-ish way to make a cool effect. Um, and then the, and then just like all the face-to-face encounters as they're in the woods, um, as the ghost, like, ghost is teleporting after them. Um, it's just like kind of one shock moment after another throughout most of this. Um, so I feel like while part of the story is lighthearted, it's just like to play off of the scares, um, which I think works really well. It's what one of the things that Are You Afraid of the Dark does like better than most other shows in general. Um, and I think it's just on display here in this episode. Um, I, I mean, I just kind of disagree about the humor thing. I think in this episode, like where they're playing it, it doesn't, the unfortunate part is that the scares could work. And then there, there, there are these moments that um, are meant to kind of like de-escalate, but end up just, they're not like funny or goofy in a way that actually like I'm well, having fun. Besides that kid running around the hall, like what else so Is you mentioned like they, they get to the house and then like immediately Charles makes uh, an, a, like a stupid comment and then they get up yeah. to the porch and the chair starts rocking and I'm like, okay. And then they like cue this music and the ants like come out and they're all wacky and it's like, okay, well that's done with. Um, hmm. So there's just, to me in this episode, like there is, there is promise. There is promise in Frozen Ghost, but it never actually hmm. reaches a sense of dread with the ghost, I mean, it, it, I, no, I, I just get the sense that this is a little kid who isn't actually there to cause any harm. Um, and so whether it's him, the little kid, or what's happening in the house, all of it just feels undercut by moments that I think had they not done that, whatever it might be, Charles' reaction, the music, um, the ants, I think those episode would have been better served if they played it a little straighter um, as far as scariness goes. Um, okay. I mean, I see what you're saying, but I just don't think that that would have improved anything. Like, I think the like ants especially. No, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, no. Because, uh, I think like the way, it, I think you're just taking it a different way. Like the crack outside the porch, um, just felt to me like a nervous thing that you would say, um, when you're scared of. You know, maybe, you're gonna do. maybe, but I don't think it like adds to the scariness. Um, okay. I mean, well, there's a lot of stuff 
in your story that doesn't necessarily add to the scariness. You know, I don't think it takes away though, is what I'm saying. Okay. Um, um wait, can I keep I, countering? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, the, the the other thing I, I've mentioned it, but I do think that like the idea that everybody seems just to know the story of the ghost. Um, uh, and, and like they're they the it's not just that they know it, but that like they're so kind of nonchalant about it that they're just aware of him and just kind of living with it. Um, it doesn't seem to really bother anybody. Um, in the house, right? The answer just kind of like used to it. Um, Clarissa, uh, uh, darn it, sorry, Daphne, um, doesn't seem super like phased by it. So really, it hinges the scariness hinges with Charles, and um. You know, I don't know if it's totally successful. Um, when the ants tell the story of the dying kid, it's immediately there's a, an immediate light moment where like they say something about the heater, and then Clarissa, I quote, just says, "Hmm, that's sad," and then like moves on. Um, so even like the heaviness here of the ghost story is not, I think, quite as scary because everybody's just kind of immune to it. Um, and I and I just think that uh, you know. I don't think in either episode we get enough of the ghosts. Um, I think that's a problem. The footprints here, I thought, you know, I wrote down, I thought the footprints were kind of goosebumps light. Um, Seem kind of like, again, I just can't get a sense of this ghost. He's invisible. He's visible. He's like moving stuff around. Um, and to what purpose isn't always exactly clear. Um, okay. I mean, I would say that that's what ghosts do but they have um, a purpose uh yeah his purpose is to get their attention so that they can get the uh jacket and get the key by rocking on the rocking chair um yeah we'll get their attention anyway a ghost can oh they're the, limited you know? the rocking chair is moving there must be a jacket in the stump <laughs> well i mean that was the, just the very first hint of something going on i don't yeah. think that that was uh, just giving you a damn um well okay uh yours you mentioned multiple times this haunted house looks scary in yours but to me that's always been like a real weak point of your stories like that house looks just like any old house nothing about it looks scary um even when they're inside it it's like they don't even explore it it's just like a regular it's just like any house um the nanny like Man, I feel like the first half of the episode, especially, they try to make the nanny like creepy, but it just ends up coming across as like them trying to exploit the character in the wrong way. I feel like, um, like she shouldn't, she's not really the fear, like the focus of the store of the scariness of the story, but she's like, I don't know, her grief has been like up played to do that i don't know it's weird um the ghost finally is only scary for literally like the first scene that first scene is scary and then there's a moment later where she is but there's really only like two quick moments where she's scary until she proves herself to be like you know a normal little girl basically um and while uh yeah again like i just the 
it wasn't there wasn't as much of a shock in this episode it's like you go into a haunted house they're gonna see a ghost in the haunted house so it's like you know it's coming um which is part of the problem for me but um in your episode they're totally aware of the ghost he's like he's like their neighbor they don't know when he's coming though or where he's coming but they're like unfazed by him uh the kid no charles is very scared Charles is, but the ants yeah. give you like enough reassurance to be like, eh, this isn't really a threat. Even that, I like. Well, I, I don't think they quite do that, but even that, uh, I like how they act about it. It's like, it's supposed to be like, this is really scary, but these ants are so crazy that they're, you know, acting like it's a pet or something. Okay. Oh, you guys are doing great. Give me a break. It's not even dark. You can't be scared now. One thing for sure, I'm never inviting you to do anything with us ever again. Hello? Um, I just had one other random thing that I wanted to mention that I forgot to put in the way the story was laid out. Um, which was, uh, there's, besides the camera going through the yard, there's also another great shot at the end, um, where the gold in his hand, in the kid's hands fade into the, um, Midnight Society fire. And it just looks great. I have to say that last scene with the gold really bothered me. Like, what? They just, like, if I did that and I saw all that gold, I wouldn't just, like, kind of look over at my, you know, what, you know, my friend and just, like, with a big smile. Like, I'd be screaming. Like, they're just like... <laughs> You'd punch your aunt in the face and no, run I out just, of there? I, no, I would be like so excited, but they just kind of, kind of smirk at each other. Okay. Yeah. Uh, enough, I mean that that has no play in this overall. <laughs> That's okay. Um, but okay, yeah. So, man, this was like so close. I wish I could just give it a tie, to be honest. Um, but just to let you know, I love you both. <laughs> I really hope this doesn't, you know, hurt our friendship in any way. No, I don't think it's going to. No. Okay, cool. We've we've been here. We're we're versus. Uh, we we're calloused on versus. The, yeah. the first okay. the first few losses hurt. I feel like we're we're past it. Okay, you guys don't like keep a running tally. I'm sure you do. You just don't mention it. Okay, so um, <laughs> so uh, I think the first one we did was story, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so so with the story, I actually. Kind of, you know, I tried not to come into this with any bias, and um, if I did have any, it was towards the one that I didn't pick, actually. Um, so, with this one, I went with the lonely ghost. Um, I just thought the way that Joe talked about this beautiful ending, where you know, mother and daughter, and just how it just, you know, that's pretty much the the most love anybody can have on this earth is pretty much a mother for their for their, uh, you know son or daughter right so um that just uh, along with the the eeriness of the house the eeriness of the room um the dynamic between the the mean girl and the the nice girl and how you know she kind of gets her gets her uh you know gets what's coming to her at the end um i just went with this just because of the ending of the story um so that's kind of why i went with that one i think what we did next was Society? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. Yeah, society. Um, 
uh, once again with Lonely Ghost. Um, just the way that uh, Joe kind of talked about the development of the characters, um, the very first time that he said, um, you know, whatever they say at the end of these episodes and throw the stuff on the fire. <laughs> whatever um, they say. Then, uh, I declare this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. The declaration at the end. Yeah. Uh, and then I had kind of how he poked holes in, in yours there, Andrew, just with the, I mean, at the end when they just kind of just recap the entire thing and um, just the, you know, the heat wave corniness thing. Oh my God. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, I went to society on that one. Uh, next one was characters. Yeah. I went with frozen. Um, I just thought that, you know, if like Andrew was saying, there's just like more interesting characters in this, in this story. You have your aunts and then you have the two main characters who both have their own personalities. And, and, you know, like he was saying with Joe's, I mean, you have that old woman who at the very end, it's very moving and, you know, really awesome. But the entire episode that, uh, the maid is just, you know, just a non-factor, um, I thought that the the main character of uh, of Joe's story just didn't have um, really any personality whatsoever, and the other one, yes, you know, you were supposed to not like her, but she was just kind of overbearing. <laughs> so, characters went to uh, Frozen, so that's two to one, right? Yep. Um, Ghost, I actually went with uh, Frozen as well. Um, just the way that Andrew talked about you know, the different shots that they had for him, the different things that he could do where he wasn't just limited to one room. Um, the footprints I thought was really awesome. Uh, the running through, you know, the, the furniture, you know, really awesome shots. And uh, just, you know, his backstory seemed a little bit more, uh, you know, interesting. And then they kind of poked holes in Joe's ghost where, um, you know, she wasn't really uh, able to leave that one room and, and kind of, a you know, it's been played out. Right. So is that okay? Oh yeah. You're doing great, man. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> I'm nervous. I'm nervous. Um, and then it came down to the, the last one, which is scariness. Um, I went with lonely ghost. So I went with Joe's, um, just the way that he described the, uh, the Andrew story, the music, um, you know, one scary thing would happen and then the ants start goofing around and just, uh, you know, nobody was really scared of the ghost. It was just living there. And it was like, kind of like their neighbor. Um, just didn't really add to any of the scariness. Whereas in, uh, in Joe's story, um, you know, you really had this almost like the ring. You had like the red rum. You have all these different notes from like scary, uh, other scary movies. They play it well. And, um, you know, the, the music, the tone of the entire episode was just all around really you know, puts you, puts, puts you on edge there. So um, he kind of did a great part of uh, tearing apart Andrew's story um, for, for uh, you know, scariness at, at least. So there you have it. Three for Joe, two for Andrew. I'm so sorry. I wish it could have been two and a half and a half. Well, that's all right. Um, you know, I figure, I thought that I kind of had an uphill battle going into this. Um so I'm not exactly surprised. Uh, yeah, I mean, if, I think there there are just different categories you could you could have taken it no problem. Um, I, I'll tell you what, if I was to, um, you know, pick another one to watch in five years, it would be um, it would be Frozen. Just hmm. uh, you know, I, I found it more entertaining. 
but just you know for the sake of scariness and maybe you know you know there's just some holes in it so uh, hmm. um i can accept that um my the only category i would even quibble on about that is uh story i would still i'd uh you know fight this one yeah i mean but like like to a, the grave if like it came to that oh my like lord that, you know joey was talking about how um you know what the what does your ghost really get out of it besides just getting this coat where there's just so yes that was the weakest part that. for sure um yeah which is yeah. the whole story though i mean what's his reason for existing I I guess okay all right um you know I guess I was just like lately I've been looking at like really picking apart the details on these episodes and um so on this one I was like really shocked at how tightly they wrapped up each of the story threads like I know it does seem like a lot and it is kind of a lot but it's like I, I just sometimes these episodes have a hard time um, wrapping up like some basic storylines, you know, like, so I was just surprised that this was so detailed and then wrapped it up like without leaving any loose ends. So to speak of, um, I was just, uh, I wasn't expecting it to be that. Um, well, your, uh, your story definitely had a lot more, uh, like you said, like loose ends to tie up there at the end, which it did. It, It was really well, it was well done. I liked it. Um, I mean, I thought it was, I thought it was, uh, a good versus like as Max was going through, I could I like realistically see, I actually thought you were going to go with frozen. Cause I, I, I think Andrew made some pretty compelling points. Like, honestly, I do like lonely ghost a little, like substantially more than I like frozen ghost, but, uh, I thought Andrew really brought it. Um, oh, yeah. the, uh, the one thing I'm surprised you didn't bring up, Andrew, that I, you know, I didn't even build into my argument because I thought it was just like, I'm not going to have really a thing mm. to play off of it here is in scariness. I really thought the dream sequence with the guy reaching into the log oh. was really unnerving. Oh, yeah. um, hmm. I, I guess my problem with that was, I mean, the reason I didn't even like think much about it is because um, I was annoyed with how it looked. Hmm. Like the okay. way it was filmed, just kind of like the look of the actual yeah. um, film itself, gotcha. whatever. Gotcha. It just so I, I guess I just didn't even think about it because of that. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Go ahead. No, 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 no. That was the only thing where I thought like I was kind of waiting for you to bring it up because um, to me, like, there are some slight scares in the episode, and I'm cold, of course, is classic. But I, I thought that was like the most intense moment. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, I, uh, you know, Lonely Ghost is just very strong. Um, yeah. I think. Well yeah, it's hard to um, fight it too hard. I, I think, again, like the weakest part really is that more of it doesn't take place, like in and around the house and like the ghost Mm -hmm. um it just like if it if it was more if they had like five or ten minutes more story dedicated to that uh i think it'd be like you know a possibly the top episode but yeah uh i I guess i 
watch it rewatching these both like i guess i ended up coming out of this thinking frozen ghost was better than i thought it was going to be and lonely ghost is actually not quite as good as i thought it was um hmm. okay but you know I, I wasn't too hard on it but uh it just was like i feel like just some of that imagery is so built up in my head of yeah. it being scary that yeah. it's like you know that's all i can think of when i think of it I do definitely agree that I wish we got to spend more time in the house, like to see the almost some of the other parts of the house. Yeah. Um, I think it would like have fleshed it out a little bit more. But, um, you know, some sometimes I'm like, you know, I'm just, uh, you know, talking out my butt on these verses. Yeah. I, I felt I felt pretty like I, I, I didn't feel like I was making anything up. I felt like kind of compelled here. So that, yeah. that that feels a little more pure. Um, and of course, I'm I'm rebounding off my um, a- absolute getting dominated by Chris last uh, October. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. 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 Uh, well, Two Andrew, good episodes. Yeah. 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 Um, well, we 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 did rate them. So, um, do you want to talk about that out of five Kreb stars? What you gave each episode? Yeah. Well, why, why don't um, we start? Why don't we start with um, Frozen Ghost? Okay. Um, Man, so Frozen Ghost, like, I swear I just, I feel like it's even lower. But, like, as I watched it and picked it apart, I finally just landed on um, (laughs) 4.25. Okay. Um, I think it does just, like, a lot of stuff right. Um, I think, I, I honestly, like, after talking about it so much, I think the main problem with it is the ghost's reason for existing. Like mm-hmm. if he had a better finale, um, I think it really would have wrapped this together nicely. Uh, but that was, that's the real weak point to me. Besides that, like I really liked everything about it. Um, and again, like the story's just much tighter than I would have expected. And a lot, just like a lot better, a lot, it's put together a lot better than um, a lot of other episodes. Like even we talked about um, night shift recently mm-hmm. and I liked that episode a lot. I gave it a higher rating than this, but I think the weakest part of that episode is the story. Um, it just like, you know, when, when I'm, uh, when I was picking that apart, it was just like kind of me like stumbling forward. Whereas this is like, everything that happens is kind of calculated yeah i gave it i gave it a 3.5 and um i feel i feel pretty good with it uh it's an episode when i was little i just felt like the i'm cold was like immediately like oh man that's classic but the rest of the episode was kind of like just not there for me and watching it now the things i liked about it the most probably were actually like um just the dynamic of the family, I guess, in the house. Not no, not so much like that they were trying to be wacky or the scariness, but just like, just the setting of the ants at the house. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you do with that necessarily, yeah. but um, so there there are like huge chunks of it that don't really work for me. But I like I can appreciate it the fact that, that like we get a pretty iconic ghost here, um, and we get somewhat of like, I still think it's kind of convoluted, but like a, a story that is they're like, they're trying to do something. And um, like you, like you said, I think, I think in some cases successfully, like, so that's, that's, uh, 
I think you put it perfectly. Like, are you afraid of the dark? Sometimes has like the simplest concept, and by the end, you're like, they they didn't figure that out. Um, in this one, they had a lot to deal with. So the fact that they even kind of like got it to work a little bit was cool. I'd give it a uh, three point seven five. Um, 3.5 and then I'd put in the extra 0.25 because it's one of the first ones I watched with uh, Melissa. Oh, cool. So, um, yeah, I thought it was cool. Um, I'm kind of with you, just like the dynamic of the, the house and the family kind of reminded me of like a Grey Gardens. I don't know if you've yes, ever seen that. Yeah. It's like falling down house. They don't have any power. These kooky old ladies. Um, <laughs> just kind of a cool. I like the story. Yeah. Or not the story. Yeah, the story is great, but I like the just the the inside of the house was very cool. Yeah. Yeah, flushed out. Well, uh, what, so what about Lonely Ghost? What what are your ratings for Lonely Ghost? Um, I would say 3.25. Okay. I like it a little bit less. I really um man, I I that mean girl with the red hair just kind of <laughs> just ruined it for me. Like I was just getting so upset with the way she was treating the the you know her cousin so uh she thinks she's so cool but like she's obsessed with uh, stuffed animals i know (laughs) what kind of character is this yeah um just very strange um she kind of looks like she could be part of the uh, pete and pete family (laughs) Um, (laughs) michael marona's sister yeah (laughs) but uh but yeah i thought that the the ghost in that was definitely scary definitely an eerier episode um but yeah, it, for me that one seemed a lot slower than uh, than Frozen, and also that that girl's a little bit off putting. Okay, so, would, still good, still very good, super solid. What do you think, Andrew? Uh, I gave this one also a four point two five. Okay. Um, I thought you know, again, I just like went into this thinking um, that it was gonna be like. Um, pulse pounding the whole time, you know? Um, And so that first, especially the first half of the episode, again, just like slows it down a lot for me. Uh, But the, I mean, the ghost is definitely one of the iconic ones. Very scary. The whole writing on the wall is like just really scary imagery, especially like the at the point where it's like all over the walls um so that uh you know i think it's just a i think these are both very good ghost episodes that do things um in a pretty unique way um i just you know they're not quite my favorite episodes but i think they're really both really effective and um and they're both like a little bit earlier on in the series and you can kind of feel that um in some of the attention to them um so anyway um i think they're both like very good yeah yeah um yeah i I mean i love this episode a lot when we did our top five are you afraid of the darks i had this at number two um wow now Now, I, I, I have said since then that I kind of regret that placement. It's not so much that I dislike the episode more, but I think that now that we've had a couple of years to go back and watch a lot of these, I just mm-hmm. kind of understand that it's like there are things to kind of sure up in this episode. Um, like, for example, we just talked about uh, the tale of the night shift with Vincenzo. 
Um, and I gave that one, we all gave that, no, 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 me and him gave that one a five. And, you know, Night Shift was something I didn't even consider at the time for my top five, just because I don't think I had mm. seen it so long. Um, so I think just over time, like, you know, these things kind of readjust themselves. So I don't think Lonely Ghost would be in my top five anymore. I do think it would be in my top 10. I'm, I'm giving it a 4.75. Um, there is just, I, to me, it is kind of at a level of, um, not in quality. I don't want you to mistake me, but like there is, I think a connection with dream girl as far as just the fact that it is like, I think a a kind of a very serious episode. Um, it, it, the episode itself kind of takes itself seriously. The moral is kind of very serious. There's no like, kind of like shrugging or laughing it off. Um, so I kind of, I kind of really like connect with those type of episodes and again i i can't emphasize enough how much i love haunted house uh type stuff so i know that we don't get to see much of it but that room itself just like and when i was a kid i feel like i couldn't sleep after i saw this so um i think it's a really scary episode and uh i yeah a 4.75 is what i'd give it yeah that's great that's pretty good um it's cool about the uh, all female cast too. That I, I didn't yeah, really think on that um, when I was watching it. Yeah, yeah, which kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Well, I don't think either of you or I feel good about this, but do you want to name the episode, Andrew? Oh yeah, let's do it. <laughs> I call this the tale of the cold kid. <laughs> Can you spell cold with a K? Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> um, cold kid. That's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Very hard. This one. I don't yeah. know why. I just. Oh yeah, I was stuck on it. Um, I call I call the tale of the frozen ghost. I called it the tale of the shivering spirit. Hmm. <laughs> Nice. I was thinking shivering, but I couldn't couldn't come up with a non-ghost word. Yeah, it, yeah, it was that was a that was a tough one. We didn't ask you to, Max. You got any ideas though? Just thought of one. Uh, oh. Do a do a. I'm cold slash heaters gold. Ooh, I think get rid of the I'm okay. cold and just go tail of the heaters gold. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. I mean, you could keep it, but I'm telling you, you I, I only had a couple of seconds here. I know. No, I no, know. no. It was good. I'm saying heaters okay. gold is gold. All right, gold. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> Gives away the whole ending. <laughs> That's true, but it sounds good. But nobody will know what they're talking about. Well, I guess. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> oh, when they see the heater, they'll be like, "Oh my god." <laughs> It all all makes sense. (laughs) Um, Okay, what about uh, naming Lonely Ghost? I call this one The Tale of the Missing. Oh, yeah, that's good. You know, I went with a joke here because we did this like real last second. I called this The Tale of Trapped in the Closet. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, I'm I'm new mirror. What? That's <laughs> instead of saying I'm new here, I'm new mirror. <laughs> like, Wait, uh, instead of what? Instead of saying I'm new here, you know she's new oh, here. Oh, Just <laughs> cut that part out. <laughs> I love it. It's so ridiculous. 
<laughs> I love it. All right, so we'll we'll post those. For Frozen Ghosts, we have Shivering Spirit, Heater's Gold, and Cold Kid. And for Lonely Ghosts, we have Trapped in the Closet, The Missing, and I'm New Mirror. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, um, before we uh, wrap up here, just, a, just I think, two letters. Um, I want to make sure that we read them uh, during Podtober. Uh, the first one here is from our pal uh, Justin. Uh, and he he messaged us about Clarissa Haunted House. He said, welcome back to Podtober. I love the custom jingles and themes you create. This one was extra haunting and a great way to roll in the holiday season. Wanted to drop a few comments. This is one of my favorite Clarissa episodes because I gravitate towards spooky things and think the episode has a lot of fun moments. As far as seances go, there aren't many on Kids Network. Um, So we mentioned we were trying to think of other ones. As you noted, there may be some on Are You Afraid of the Dark? The ones I can recall were the where the dead were summoned would be the tale of Quicksilver, the tale of the prom queen with Ricky in the River, and a couple people have mentioned um, Hungry Hounds. Um, uh. I'd give this episode of Clarissa 3.75 Kreb stars and name the episode Darling of the Dead. Mm, nice. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, can't wait for more Podtober. This will undoubtedly be the highlight of my 2020. Looking forward to watching Crybaby Lane and hearing your review. I've never seen it, and I'm excited to check it out. Until next time, Ann Boo and Joe Eek. <laughs> uh, awesome, man. Yeah. Um, I can't wait until you listen to uh, or watch Crybaby <laughs> Lane with us. It's something. Yeah. It's really something such, special. Oh, it is something special. <laughs> Uh, this one comes from Mr. Mayonnaise. He says, Hey dudes, I was tickled to death that you read my letter on air. It's okay though, I've revived and reanimated and I'm doing well now. Couple <laughs> thoughts. On your Clarissa Explains It All Haunted House episode, Andrew noticed that the movie Clarissa was watching is the old monster flick Reptilicus. I wanted to mention that Reptilicus is the feature in the first episode of the Mystery Science Theater 3000 reboot. And to bring it into a full Nickelodeon circle in that episode, the guys reference, you can't do that on television. I'd recommend the MST 3000 Reptilicus. The movie is oh so bad and the commentary is oh so good. Um, that's really interesting. That's awesome. Yeah, that is a cool uh, I'm, connection. I'm kind of ashamed that I haven't watched that for any of the new episodes, but um, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, regarding Are You Afraid of the Dark Night Shift, The Night Shift, I wanted to give credit to whichever writer came up with the title. I think it cleverly alludes to four things. One, the shape-shifting of the vampire. Two, the shift in attitude that Amanda has about getting into a relationship with Colin. Three, the parallel shift in Sam towards Gary. And four, the fact that all these shifts happen at night. Bam. They killed four subject matter birds with one title stone. <laughs> You know, the funny thing is, he, uh, he doesn't even mention the one shift that I had in my head was I'm... the actual night shift. Correct. I just thought the actual yeah. night shift. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so those were all interesting and new. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, on another note, do you think this is the last episode of season five? Whether or not it is, when you consider both the Midnight Society plot and Sam's tale, do you think the night shift can hit? contains the most satisfactory types of stories with which to end the original run of dark enjoy this pod toberific season all is pipe mr mayonnaise 
uh, another terrific email from Mr. Mayonnaise. Yeah, we we talked a little bit about it. I think we I think we all kind of agreed that this seemed like a good definitive ending. Um, yes, better than badge. Better than right. badge. Yes, there's there's a there's resolution between Gary and Sam. Um, the episode itself is legitimately scary, kind of a classic. Are you for the dark? So, kind of in all ways, it yeah. feels like a fitting goodbye. Yeah, and it's even kind of nice that the um, campfire isn't put out. Yeah, they it feels just, like it's left open. Yeah, they're just sitting by the campfire. Yeah, this maybe is not a not the end. Which of course yeah, we know yeah. it's not when they come storming <laughs> back with Tucker's crew. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, thank you to Justin and Mr. Mayonnaise for writing to us. Yeah. Um, but that uh, that wraps up our Podtober verses of Lonely Ghost vs. Frozen Ghost. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, but Andrew, what are we up to next? Uh, next time we're talking Ah uh, Real Monsters, The Switching Hour. Yeah. And we're going to have the one and only Melissa. Yeah. Ooh. Be great fun. Yeah, I think she'll be great. She'll bring the she'll bring the uh, the energy. Yeah, as she does. <laughs> as she does. Um, in the meantime, if you want to get a hold of us, you can find us on Twitter at BOC Podcast, Instagram at um, Orange Couch Podcast. You can email us like Justin and Mr. Mayonnaise did at orangecouchpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Podbean, Spotify, and iTunes. Leave us a review. That's super helpful. Uh, if you know someone who likes Lonely Ghosts and Frozen Ghosts, tell them there's a two-and-a-half-hour two episode where two people uh, talk about the minutia of those two uh, episodes. Uh, they may like it. And speaking of liking things, Max, we sure do like you. Oh, I love you guys. <laughs> and I am so blessed to have you guys as friends. Always such a pleasure to come and hang out. And uh, like I said, this was just so close, and uh, you guys are both winners in my heart. Oh, thanks, Max. Nice. Wow. That's great. <laughs> well, uh, we'll see you next time, all you Inuit stone carvers, for more Podtober. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Man, what a line. Cold and lonely, time just drifting by. Wind is spinning. Souls up to the sky. Springtime's coming, but I won't be there. Just cover my bones and sing me a little prayer. Just cover my bones and sing me. We, uh... Oh, sorry. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I... Sorry about that. No, you're right. My, uh... Sorry. Go on. You're good. <laughs> so, anyway, I... Yeah, go ahead.